0: Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. This is a fantastic episode with special guest Louis Azawa, star of Hunters, Season 2 on Amazon Prime. First, we do the interview with Louis, and it is a really special interview, so we hope you enjoy it. And then afterwards, we do about 15 minutes just reviewing Season 2 of Hunters. So you get the interview, and you get the Friday Night Movie take on the season, which, spoiler alert, we... Loved. Also, spoiler alert: there are a lot of spoilers in this episode. So, how about you go watch all of Hunters and season Hunters season two, and then dig into this episode of Friday Night Movie. Thanks, as always, for listening. And welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. With us today is an actor you have seen in so many things, and not only have you seen him in so many things, but so many things that we love: uh, Hunters, of course, Predators, Bosch, the upcoming season of Jack Ryan, and and a huge, huge other- Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. big deal. We're in gonna house. get to that. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> Uh, A phenomenal actor, uh, writer, director, Louis Ozawa. Welcome to the Friday Night Movie family. It is great to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh,
0: So so
2: exciting and surreal, right? It's it's always a little bit surreal when you spend a lot of time watching someone on screen and you've seen all these different characters, and then we just get to talk to the real person. It's always the the (laughs) most exciting. So thank you so much for being here.
1: I hope
0: it's not allowed down yet So (laughs) last night As luck would have it I promise I I did not plan this I had wrestled the remote control Away from my daughters My house works very different than than our house did Growing up uh, in terms of who has Remote control dominance But I, I was able to get the remote control For a few minutes And I was flipping channels And lo and behold Predators was on FX last night Awesome. And so I I felt like this was meant to be, because we're going to talk about all your current work, but I got to watch you. You played Hanzo. I got to watch you have the best fight in all of the Predator movies. I have seen all of them. I'm a big fan of Predator, Alien, all of that. But that one-on-one sword fight scene is absolutely incredible. And in my opinion, I I don't think, I I refuse to believe that Hanzo is dead.
1: Oh <laughs> same, same. It's
2: not
3: it's not confirmed. It is it's not, not confirmed.
1: It is not confirmed. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: He just looks tired at the end. It was
1: interesting. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's hobbling a around somewhere on that planet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um uh it's truly amazing to have someone with us that has been toe to toe with the predator. Um, and again, I you gotta see predators. It's it's Totally cool entry in the franchise, but then, in addition to hunting predator, you've also hunted Nazis, um, yeah. a- a- as you did just, in just
2: some of the biggest bads in existence. In existence, right. gone up against. And,
0: and the no predator, predator, yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the predator's That's
2: Hitler, you know, the
0: predator's the nicer, more honorable one by far, <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so uh so joe uh sorry so louie welcome you played joe Joe, Joe. (laughs) you're joe i mean i've been immersed in the season in the second so yeah in which joe from hunters is is such a big big part of uh uh, of the season and his arc is which is on amazon prime and
3: released last week so it's very exciting
0: and um uh before we get into that of course I think we should be upfront and tell people how we convinced you to come on this show because, you know, <laughs> a, a lot of people get accosted by Lily. Uh, in in <laughs> I the don't Canary Islands. I
3: think, I think Louis can attest. I don't think accosted is the right word.
1: No, 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 no. It was more like we <laughs> invaded your space. You were there sitting at that table. I was, and, I was
3: yeah. being chivalrous and offering my table because it they needed true. more tables and I was leaving shortly so it they could true. have my table. At
1: that wonderful um, wine bar. It's, yeah.
3: It's just that you can, when you've lived on an island in the middle of nowhere long enough, you can you have like a high radar for Americans. And so, and especially producers, you can tell when it's not only Americans, but it's not like somebody off a cruise ship, but a group of people that are there shooting something. Cause a lot of movies are shot here. And I first noticed your, your colleagues, your producer colleagues, um, speaking in English or whatever. And then uh, you guys were so your group was so enthusiastic about the island. It was such a pleasure to talk to people who were here for work, but enjoying the different sceneries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I of course, noticed you and I thought, well, that is strange because I've had Joe in my mind from Hunter's But you were very, like, fashionably dressed and dashing. And there was something, and Joe is not really like that. And so I was like, I can't be. Maybe, and I was like, not gonna be that person. And I was, you know, and and of course, I didn't. I, in case there were other actors with you that I didn't recognize, I didn't want to make them feel bad.
2: So which, I was like, which has I, happened in other yeah. in other in, settings. In, in other it's settings. okay.
1: They, I'm, I've been on that end so many times. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Well, I don't know. I guess maybe but, if you're hanging out with Pacino, it might have
3: happened once or twice. Where
2: actually, our...
1: my wife, my wife too. Most of the time, I'm the one holding the camera, taking pictures. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, she's not, your wife is on a Very popular television
1: show. Yes, she's on a huge show now. Yeah, the
3: Samurai Turn Pretty. Right. That's
0: correct. Yeah. Oh, my wife. Um, My wife loved that show. Yeah. She Uh, she gave me the Mm play-by-play as she watched. Um,
3: and so anyways but then I, I was kicking myself after we had such a lovely conversation you were so gracious and everyone in your party was so nice um, talking about the island that I was kicking myself though that I didn't mention hunters because we we, in, we, I, we had never seen anything like that and the show really blew us away and we did multiple episodes on it and talked to many people about it um, us being you know Jewish and also you know family of Holocaust survivors and also family from New York and there's just so many worlds colliding for us there that I I was like I'm just gonna send you a message who knows if you even check your Instagram or whatever and I messaged you just saying how much we loved it and you were again so kind and so nice so um it was a real treat that when you know I saw that you posted that season two was coming out because there was a long time between those seasons um yeah I was like ah uh, you know I'll shoot my shot and see if you'd like to join us and you're again so kind.
0: It's glad like we could do this. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's get into let's get into hunters. I have so my sisters and I we have been like immersed in debating and talking about every frame of of, of season two, and I I have this theory about Joe. Okay, it's not like a fan theory. It's more like a cultural theory. Literally, would you call it a cultural theory? Sure, absolutely.
2: No, no. Oh, and I, an analysis. I,
0: I I feel like Joe. In a lot of ways, is telling the story of the United States of America's sins and potential for redemption, because Joe, um, who comes from an immigrant family, who was interned, who then went and fought for the United States, who then had PTSD, who then risks his lives to fight for some risks his life to fight for another cause, is then captured and tortured and and faced with. Every reason to hate, uh, to hate uh, the United States, to hate his his original team, and finds his way finds his way back. has has this moment of redemption. And I look at Joe, who has so much taken from him, and who has so many challenges. And then you juxtapose him with Travis, who, like the basis of Travis's hate, seems. Travis seems like he might've had every advantage. I don't know for sure. I don't know. Maybe his, his parents probably were jerks, but, um, uh, I find that I, I was constantly watching the tracking of these two characters and their choices and their potential. And Joe always seemed to have more adversity, but also more, more optimism. Uh, am I on the right track? Do I, do you, do you see what I'm saying here in terms of Joe as a metaphor? No, absolutely.
1: Um, there's just one thing I'd love to edit is is that Joe is third generation actually his oh. father yeah he is oh, so um, it's it's a very quick thing that I mentioned is that he fought for the United States. Um, in the war during world war two right right
2: that is
3: true that is true when you're speaking with um mayor in the office oh right right i'm so sorry uh, right generationally
1: it's a little confusing because i myself am the son of an immigrant but uh yeah joe in the 70s fighting in the vietnam war his father was an american citizen fighting in the 442nd which as you probably know is Is uh, infantry regiment solely Mm Japanese-American? Or um, there were a few other Asian-Americans, but entirely Asian-American group that was sent to Europe. And some of these um, troops had um, uh, liberated some of the concentration camps, actually, uh, and were sent to the European front, not to the uh, Pacific.
3: Which now makes sense, because then I believe Mayor says something to the effect of, you know, finish what your father couldn't or something exactly. and, like yeah, that and, that and, and, joins and so you. and so I think so, that yeah. your metaphor so work shy though so, okay. but no so, I mean so it's, it's more also so. war,
1: yeah uh, no yeah um no I I wasn't I just wanted to piggyback on top of that and I think that you know that that kind of speech that he has is that you know he didn't know any better he was the old joe is the ultimate kind of american name it's the gi joe right. it's <laughs> we, you know um David and I so the creator we spoke about this at great length as we began season 1 and what 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 his optimism was, and then how he was let down by his own country over and over and over again, and yet, mm-hmm. in spite of that all, he he kept fighting and fighting and fighting until he couldn't anymore momentarily, and was broken down by the master manipulator of them all, you know. And uh, so, season two was like kind of playing with that moment, um, kind of what happens to someone who's been broken this badly and tipped over the edge? What happens and you see a monster come out, a different kind of monster. And we think that we lose Joe forever. Um, and I don't think, you know, one of the things that I really worked on was, I don't think within a season you can resolve someone's trauma in that way. And so that it's a process, um, you know, maybe for the rest of his life, he'll be working on this thing. So the kind of idea that he is on, he um, the name Mizushima means, um, and this was something that um, David came up with, was that uh, mizu means water in Japanese and shima means island. So he's kind of a lonely island in the middle of this big ocean. And oh, so wow. That, yeah, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of the metaphor that I played with through both seasons.
0: And And, and I think that's a beautiful thing about the show is, while it gives us some sense of resolution of the story, one of the messages that hits the hardest in it and, and as, as really hit home in those, in the last episode is that, is that evil doesn't just disappear. doesn't get vanquished. You have to, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle.
1: Yeah. The fight continues and somebody has to take on that mantle and you got to keep going. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think it's a great way to end this series that if, if everything's resolved then I don't think that's a very honest way of yeah, you know, because Absolutely. it's 1979 and here we are in 2021 right. and yeah. we're seeing the same kind of patterns evolving. And yeah.
0: Do you feel that season two, I felt maybe because the world changed so much from season one to season two. True. But do you feel that I felt like season two was speaking so much directly to our times. Um, uh, uh, do you feel like there was a change from season one to season two or was that really always what we were talking about? I think it was always what we were
1: talking about, but if you can remember, our we premiered uh, just a week before COVID shut down the entire world, and people were desiring to see things like Ted Lasso, things that were kind mm-hmm. of
2: right. uplifting people's Optimist.
1: spirits. It was too much to see this mirror in front of your eyes, you know, to see. I mean, the, as you know, we were, when we started uh, the show, I mean, we were in the, in the midst of The Trump administration. And Mm -hmm. so certainly all this ugliness was coming to a boil and we saw it happen in the midst of the ugliest of people and the best of people during these pandemic times. And now we've had a little bit of time, a few years have passed to kind of digest that. And I I hope people kind of revisit the first season and see how kind of um, relevant that was at that time as well.
0: Absolutely. There are elements of the so us again like lily said being jews there are there are mm-hmm. clips from that first season that i am consistently showing people still there there's elements of the first season in particular the there's the game show i don't know if you, re, you remember the game yeah, show scene? Of course. The, yeah. you know why um i think it's why does everybody hate the jews or, or is <laughs> it that i keep a clip of that and i use it to show people when i'm trying to make a an educational point, point. Uh, right. um, and I think a, I think a lot of the I think the way the show works in the first season and second season, the second the first season was awesome. The first season with the second season, it's elevated even further because you have this you have this story that uh, of of not redemption, but of the the moral questions that are raised so to such a fever pitch in part one, really mm-hmm. get addressed in, in part two.
3: Did you have the script from the whole show when you started?
1: No, no, actually. Um, I I knew somebody in the writer's room. who's a playwright named Zakia Alexander, and we were in a theater company together. And she messaged me out of the blue and said, hey, I think there's a role in this show that I'm working on that you'd be great for. And do you mind if I send you the audition sides? And you should have your um, your reps look into it. And so I took a look at that speech, the monologue from the VA hospital from season one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I was I was taken aback by it. I, I'd heard stories about these Vietnam vets and Asian American Vietnam vets and the kind of trauma, the specific kind of trauma that they had experienced um, fighting a war that they f- increasingly did not believe in um, killing people that look just like them and also being assaulted both mentally and physically by their mm-hmm. own country and their own troops. So what was, you know, the, I, I felt this um, speech encapsulated this the psyche of this this guy. And um, um, it's interesting that there's an Asian American in, in this group of hunters. Um, you know, um, we have this kind of myth of the model minority here, and um, mm-hmm. especially on the East Coast, maybe, you know, people that are um, assimilated, second generation people, but, um, you know, there's a whole population of Asian Americans have been here for in the United States for generations and generations. And there's comes with a kind of baggage, you know, kind of, that we're still just starting to unpack and recognize, you know, in the same way, um, Jewish people can pass in, in society sometimes and in kind of assimilated into society. There's still a history of violence, a history of kind of um that, that can't be ignored. Absolutely. And, and,
0: and that's something I wanted to ask about, and, and I think you're really drawing the connections there, is that in in a, on the surface this is an overtly right, it's a Jewish story. It's a story of reckoning with this particular Jewish event. Um uh what was what was it like bringing the asian american experience into that into that world and did did you feel like um did you see other similarities or did you how did you connect to it
1: well that's where i think um the whole monkey paw element you know really comes in you know jordan peel mm-hmm. is our executive producer and it's the, it feels organic, you know, why not have this eclectic group of black Asian, you know, within this group in 1970s, you know, let's rewrite the kind of narrative a little bit. Um, not, it's not revisionist in any way people existed in this way. You know, um, a, a lot of this is fantasy anyway. they the real Nazi hunters didn't operate in this fantastic, um, <laughs> glamorous kind of way. Um, but, um, yeah, you're starting to plant seeds into people's heads that, hey, there's this guy, you know, you're borrowing from history. You know, there were guys like Joe. You know, there are Americans, patriots, there are soldiers um, believed in fighting for this country, just like, you know. Um, just like those, those, um, you know, movies from the eighties, the Vietnam movies with, with Mm -hmm. white protagonists, there were Asians in those groups. There were Mm -hmm. black people in those groups. There were Latinos in those groups. And so, um, it's an opportunity to shed light on those stories as well.
2: Yes, we agree. And, and as grateful, I think, as we are to have this story that puts a particular Jewish experience front and center, it also feels really important to include those other narratives and it elevates it and it pluses it really. Um, I'm curious. So in the, in season two, I mean, you're, you know, the show's about hunting Nazis in season two, I found it disturbing, very jarring, very disturbing to have Hitler portrayed on screen. You have someone Mm. You, you know, many, Udo, many Udo Creel's
0: of performance and is it's fantastic.
2: It's fantastic. It's not, you don't often see, we don't often, you know, have Hitler as a character in a movie or a, or a show for that matter.
0: Sometimes you have him as a caricature, and, as, as a cartoon. Right,
3: like it's no but Taika not, Waititi and Jojo Rabbit, no, which is yeah, incredible this is in just, its own way.
1: Yeah, Udo was, uh, had a lot of, you know, um, he he he. I think he may have passed on this role a number of times because he was a little bit afraid to play this role. He had done it in like kind of over the top stylized comedies before, mm-hmm. but um, never in a kind of more dramatic sense. And so, I think he had a lot of trepidation at first. And um, uh, but he brings a kind of um, an, an intensity and gravitas, and just um, yeah, he he commits to it fully and he's not at all like the the character that you see that's no. you know and also he's much younger than that there's like hours and hours of makeup right. yeah we, he's we, not a young guy but he's certainly not that old yeah
2: so i'm going to i'm going to ask you knowing what the act so you have the man playing him who's a real person to you who you know who is very different from this character that he's playing but you have to be in this space where you are playing in a scene against Hitler, and you have to be present and there for it. And I'm wondering how how you cope with that, or how real it feels to you in those moments? Because as a viewer, because he plays the role with such intensity, it's a, you know, it's very grounded, it feels very real, even though we're in this very obvious fiction.
1: I don't... Well, there's a certain, you know, Joe is in a different place at the at the beginning of season two. And if anything, he's replaced, you know, the father figure of Meyer with Hitler. And so mm. um, a my focus was on staying in this kind of damaged brainwashed place, and finding solace and a weird kind of father figure in this man. And so You know, that's the only thing that as an actor that you can do is find what it is that um, is attractive about Hitler to Joe 2.0
0: at the moment. mm -hmm. And did you and there's there are these incredible graphic, although not nearly as graphic as season one in a lot of ways, which I I read about how there is a a tonal difference, which was which I think is very cool. Um, But there's these graphic flashes of the Mm. torture of Mm -hmm. uh, and they never give you the full blink. Did you do those torture scenes with Udo Creel or? Oh yeah. Um, Wow. In
1: fact, I was a little shocked that they were so fast, you know, there's um, you blink and you can miss some of the imagery that's in there. There's like Mm -hmm. a lot of kind of like hidden imagery that's in there, which is kind of cool, but we did a full on waterboarding Um, sequence over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. The next morning, I just could not move my neck. I didn't realize that there was so much adrenaline pumping in my system that I had no idea the kind of um, tension that it was causing in my neck. And um, the next morning... I couldn't move. Like I was just kind of walking around like this and I had to call a chiropractor to release all this for maybe two or three sessions. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I pride myself in being able to turn it on and off. You know, I'm a trained theater actor and, um, fairly physical and I thought I could, you know, but, uh, I guess it was a little too much. Yeah. I'm screaming, shouting and wow. Um yeah, wow. And, you know, and my hands weren't tied behind me. It was done very safely. Um, but at the same time, emulating those kind of emotions maybe kind of sees something up in my neck. Um,
3: Which makes sense. I mean, and then to take it one step further, you have to then, you know, convince us, right? Because you're still acting and convince us that you have allegiance to him. Mm-hmm which makes sense according, you know, that he basically is broken, Joe is broken down and he's now loyal to Hitler, but then play with the fact that your crew, your other family is there. And and those scenes where you, where you pick and choose those allegiances, those I found extremely powerful. And I, I mean, I thought you did obviously an excellent job, but you know, when, when you, and without giving too many spoilers, when you make a choice to save someone and that they're still not even sure who you, you know, who you're loyal to. And then uh, in episode six, there's another moment where you have to choose. Well, maybe you are. I I did
0: not for the record. I did not think was Joe was choosing there. I I, was sitting there saying like
3: Joe, I think the choice was made, but as an audience, I was in, I was enjoying the suspense of I mean, no one really knows. No one really knows what he's been through. And that your your relationship with this powerful, horrible figure carries through in all your scenes or the rest of the show when that person's not even in the scene. Yeah. And that's brilliant. I thought it was it was so well done. And thank it, you. You carry that tension. You have to carry that tension because if it's obvious who you're gonna choose, then we're you know, it's it's great, but it's not as dramatic and it's not as nerve-wracking. And I, until the last second, it was like, when you were counting in German and I was saying to my husband, I'm like, you had to learn German.
2: <laughs> did you have to, did you, did you already know German? You had to learn German? No, like, I had to learn it. German, yeah, like it's I, no I, big
3: deal. I
1: had to and learn I it like, phonetically. AMD and had to learn yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We had dialect coaches and um actually uh one of whom was my um my classmate from Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Um, great. No, I thank you for saying that because it, it was, you know, it's you know, it's a testament to David's writing. Um There are shows, for example, like Game of Thrones. Alfie Allen's character, for instance, is a great example of a character who's been brainwashed and broken, Mm -hmm. but over several seasons. You know, you're really waiting to see how how he'll turn up. Uh, But you have to wait seasons for that. And episodes. We, unfortunately, our show is just not like that. You know, we have so many storylines that are packed into every episode. And so there's a kind of economy of storytelling. The moments are... They're very short, but have to feel epic and long in the Mm -hmm. moments. You know, like my Mm -hmm. my um my brief moment with Roxy, which I won't go into too much detail about, is was such a one of my favorite moments. And there's no dialogue in that moment, Mm -hmm. but it's an extended kind of pull out of reality for a moment. You know, and um, just that one look. You know, and it's and. Uh, that could be, you know, personally, Tiffany and I have like three years of history now, you know, she's a good friend and we just had dinner last night, you know, we're <laughs> our, our, our spouses, our friends, you know, we we just have that kind of um, shorthand with each other. So when we see each other, there's something, you know, that happens. And literally, first season, we're all together as a group. And second season, mm-hmm. it's like, we start all apart and we have to come back together. And so oh. the moments where we come back together, it's kind of like a party. It's like, yeah, we get to play together again.
0: <laughs> well, it was great seeing, I mean, episode six, which is like, I don't know, the Dirty Dozen or, you know, any of the great raid movies with all of the tension. And, I mean, it's so great to see you all all, all, all back together. You mentioned yeah. something. I don't know. Maybe you're tired of answering this question, but mm-hmm. you do a lot of acting just with your face. In fact, I thought there, there's one. There's one scene with no dialogue. With no dialogues. Uh, that's what I meant. Like, there's a lot of acting that you have to do. Face acting. Face that's acting. A, is the technical, that's term, technical I think, term, I think. Technical right. term.
3: I think
2: that's how they call Google it, it, in, it.
0: Uh, in theater But school. there is. There's even a moment. It's when I, I. It's it's in the shootout in the house, and and you, you had to flex your forearm. I don't know if you remember this. This there's this one shot at like the shooting up, and you flex your forearm, and I was like. I'm ready to give that forearm like an Emmy award because <laughs> I felt like I got all of Joe's conflict in the flexing of the forearm yeah. in this moment where he's deciding what to do with his gun. Yeah. Um uh what, What's it like navigating the challenge of not having, you know, not having so many words, but having. Well, it's something combat. I learned
1: in predators, I guess, you know, I spent three and a half yeah. months on that movie, shooting almost every day with one line of dialogue. Yeah. You know?
2: oh insane. I'm,
1: I'm one of the guys who lasts almost to the end in that movie. And and I, I remember, you know, one of my first conversations with Robert Rodriguez, I was like, um, you know, I jokingly, I was like, well, I only have one line, you know? And he was like, those are the best kind of characters. And he got, <laughs> it was almost like he was offended. And I I was like, oh my God. I've offended Robert. I've just met. I've just met the guy. I'm not even exaggerating. This was my first studio film. I'd never done a studio film before, not even a small part. And here I was, one of the leads of this movie, and there was offending Robert Roder. You the first time I met him. No, but um, you know, he was like, "No, seriously, those are the best kind of roles." And then I thought you know, I thought about it and I thought about it. And, you know, as I, as it was a learning process, you know, how do I tell a story? And, you know, television is a more dialogue driven kind of, uh, medium for the most part, but, um, film, especially with these action movies, they're essentially silent movies for, for large parts of it. So, um, I, I learned very quickly and, you know, um, And that led to movies like The Bourne Legacy. And so when I step on set on something like Hunters, um, I I feel like I have an edge in, in, uh, I have years of experience. And so, yes, this is the moment of tension, right? The calm before the storm. The camera has to pick up the tension if it's, you know, capturing your hand on the barrel, like the the amount of tension you have on that gun without squeezing the crap out of it. But, you know... (laughs) I, you know, there's a little detail in that same sequence when I'm reloading the Winchester rifle, right, Mm because it's not a kind of gun that you can quickly, you know, reload, you've got Mm -hmm. to actually put the bullets in. And so, you know, that was one thing that I that I kind of suggested to the director I was like, can we have a can you give me one more shot where I'm reloading, I think that'll add more tension to the I scene think, right you so right it's that's, not we're not just in shooting cut. indiscriminately that's in the anything. cut that's yeah. in the yeah.
2: i, I remember that i remember that out of this moment right. of anxiety
1: right well, who's I, gonna win right oh right. Yeah. this is a moment where you can get shot you that's, know like yeah. so yeah it adds right. danger to the scene yeah and, and also then
3: giving your character a moment to talk like you have to,
2: right. pause
1: mm-hmm.
3: to reload. i, I can exactly i thought in that moment i was like well joe has to stop and think what he like, he must realize what he's doing now. He has a moment. Like that extra pause was, you know, there's definitely,
1: he's being outgunned from like three different directions, you know? So what what is he, what is the thought process going on in that moment?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. We want to be mindful of your time. So so we're going Please go, go, go. go, I'm ready to, you know, I, um, but I want to throw a few of our 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 quick fire questions at you. Okay. Okay. And these are these are a little bit goofy on purpose. So you, you can okay. have as much fun or be as serious as you want. It will you will be right no matter what. Okay. 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 Of the hunter's characters, who would you want to befriend? Not who should Joe be friends with, but Louie. Like you're hanging out in New York. Which hunter's character do you want to hang with?
1: For a great night out, Lonnie for sure. <laughs> I was gonna say,
3: for as much and, as Joe is silent, you've got Lonnie talking and, and a hot, but and if, a hot, if I
1: were pretty, gonna have like spend the rest of my life with somebody, probably Roxy. Yeah, she's yeah, pretty she's awesome. She's very cool. Yeah, she's
0: very cool. Ro- Ro- Roxy's Roxy's very cool, and also a hat tip to Josh Radner, who is, yes, um, yeah, who I thought was fantastic in that show yeah
1: it's it's a wonderful character that he he definitely works hard to create because that's not at all what he's like
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and not the type of character he usually plays too so Mm -mm. it's good Mm -hmm. I I was I I was really excited for him for that Um, have you seen Fleischman's in trouble where uh we are I'm in the (laughs) middle of it right now and okay,
1: so as you watch more, you'll get to see more of Josh. He's wonderful in it. Oh, yeah. that's great! And that, possibly that, a more Jewish show than Hunters, if that's it, it, possible. I <laughs> mean
0: that these. We talk a lot on our show about Jewish mm-hmm. content and how Jews are represented. In our community, I would say Fleischman's in Trouble is the show I get the most messages and Mm -hmm. is most active on all of my like jewish summer camp text chain the Mm. the jewish summer camp that they reference in that show is the one that we went we went to oh really (laughs) yeah it's like it's it's and they're about my age so all of my friends are like they just mentioned your course we were on your course so it's it really it's (laughs) oh yeah yeah and he is he's wonderful in it he's he's a wonderful actor um okay. okay i don't have to give all five but desert island movies yeah, five dozen. I like to give five because I feel like three is too too few. Who's going to going to watch three movies?
1: Godfather one, nice. I would say, um, quickly, um, Ikiru. It's a Kurosawa film. Awesome. Tampopo. It's a Itami Juzo film. Ridiculous uh, movie about food and sex. It's great, good for a good luck. Laugh. <laughs> Uh, uh. Oh, Zoolander. Zoolander would have Shouldn't to be like just why <laughs> Is it classic? <laughs> I have, my wife says, I have highbrow and very lowbrow taste. Um, That's you've been how we like to... Perfect. <laughs> the other guys, I don't know what it is about that movie. I go back to it. Oh, I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What are we up to? Three. Um... Yeah, the other guys <laughs> have some very smart stuff in it yes like, right it, it has right? like it's if sneaky. you watch the it's other sneaky. guys
0: after you've seen the big short you go back and you're like huh adam mckay that's was where he started working on
1: it yeah 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 he was wow, planting the seeds. his, yeah, there his, there his yeah.
0: style there is great
1: yeah um uh what are we up to four geez why can't i think of anything right now um um
0: call me by your name Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's, that's really the only one. That cool one. Uh we will not you, you're, these, these are not encrusted in stone forever. This is just right now. Next one time really you come
2: back, sure. you can change that. Yeah, you
0: can change it. <laughs> there we
2: <laughs> go. That's how we'll keep the what? hook in. This
1: Jacques Audiard film, uh no, uh this Jacques Audiard film called uh The Beat That My Heart Skipped. I'm not sure what the French title is. It's beautiful. Oh. That's that's something. Yeah,
0: okay. That's oh, wonderful. It all right everyone these are serious recommendations this is better than the usual like godfather star wars recommendations i (laughs) got you you had the godfather i did have the godfather Godfather, we just watched the offer oh we just watched the offer oh yeah it's a lot of fun wow um yeah it's a lot of fun what about do you have a favorite movie that would surprise people I guess not. I you mean, said Zoolander after you said yeah. all these other serious. <laughs> <words. So laughs> that, yeah, that would be that one would of the. That. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's a surprise. Uh, um, that's great, though. Okay, so let's play our signature game here. This is called Buy Rent Man. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you three things. Mm hmm. And you, you remember the age of videos. I don't have to, we don't have, sometimes we have younger guests. We have to explain to them that there was this place where you go and rent videos or you'd buy them mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or you give something or so you have three levels. You can, you can buy a movie, you can rent a movie or you can give it a meh. Now, a meh does not mean negative because we love all movies here. A meh just has whatever connotation you want to give it to. It can be sure. indifferent. It can be, you're not in the mood. So the, the trick is, is that, you have to give each one of these a uh, one of the values, right? So, so if I give you these three movies, mm-hmm. this is a hunting theme since you were in Hunters.
1: Okay. Thank you, You're Lily, essentially... for coming
0: up with this. Lily gets credit. For this. <laughs> they have
3: hunt in the title.
0: The, right. Well, sort of, Lily. <laughs> sort of the uh, the hunt. They're, they're I don't about. Have you seen the movie with Getty Betty Gilpin? The Hunt. Okay. Okay. okay.
3: <laughs> Interesting. Haven't even heard, heard the whole list. I'm fascinated. Do <laughs> oh, it, it,
1: you know ranking. why? Do you know actually our show? This is a little known fact. Our show was actually supposed to be called The Hunt. Oh. It was uh, the Hunt. And that sh- that movie came out, and then we had to change we changed the Hunters. Oh
3: wow. although I do like I do like Hunters,
0: the Hunters. Yes, and, and, actually and, and, and I, I see, couldn't and, imagine and, anything else. Yeah. And, and right. now and that speaks to the ensemble a lot. Right. It's about mm-hmm. all the hunters. So but I I I I would hold that I'm with you. That's a good reason to give something a man messed with your title. Um, the original predator, and that has
3: hunting in it, right? Predator <laughs> Lily, hunts.
0: This is Lily's. Um, and the hunt Particular for Red October,
3: because <laughs> that has the word hunt in it.
1: <laughs> Buy so oh easy that's easy. Buy the original predator. Mm-hmm. Rent the hunt for Red October. Meh, the hunt meh. Okay. I'll stream
2: it. Perfect. I'll stream. I think mean, That's great. <laughs> that's
3: that's great. Exactly. exactly. It is a, that's a very
1: streamable movie. We, I think
0: that's we, perfect. We try to make these as hard as humanly possible so you can get creative. Now, the next one... Uh, we could
3: not finish this podcast without mentioning the fact that, that you, acted you went across. toe-to-toe with a predator, with Hitler,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and Al Pacino himself.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> so uh, we, will, we will take you out on... We'll take you out on this three Al Pacino movies, pretty Godfather, Donnie Brasco, and Any Given Sunday
1: by uh, Godfather for sure. And Any Given Sunday, Rent, Donnie Brasco. That's a, that's a tough one. That, that no, one's really yeah, that, tough. That, that, that's, I mean, <laughs> Cause I have a soft spot for Donnie Brasco. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that over and over again. Yeah. And
0: Donnie Brasco is my second favorite Al Pacino role after Michael Corleone. That it's
1: to me. It's so, it's heartbreaking. His performance is heartbreaking. And, and, and that's the thing about Al. He's such a, yeah, he, he brings so much feeling and warmth and heart to all of his roles. Um, yeah. Maybe I'd rent, I'd rent Donnie Brasco. And then,
3: oh, any given God. Sunday any, is very long. I hate long. to say <laughs> to it's,
0: to but it's very long. <laughs> these I feel are like all you it can is. watch it, it, it
3: in pieces. It's it extremely is. long.
0: These are like the first DVDs I owned. So right. these are all. So I
3: put them on it. These I watch are all any vibes. given
0: Sunday once a year, at least. Uh, these are I all. It's a classic.
1: It's classic. Yes. It's hard to say that. Yeah, but yeah.
0: I ran into my wife and I ran into Oscar winner at the time or Oscar winner, Jamie Foxx in an airport in Montreal yeah. and all we wanted to talk about with him was any given sentence. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't bother him too much. We just talked about any given session. Oh man. Oh, oh man. Okay. Louie Azawa, we are so incredibly grateful for you joining the Friday night movie family. And we are so incredibly grateful for you putting so much heart and soul into telling uh, such a powerful story. Uh, such a story of empowerment uh, um, and something, you know, for Jews, I think this is a really this is a really meaningful thing um, uh, is 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 to to have the story told in this creative, inventive way. And we're so grateful for you being a part of it.
1: Um, Thank you so much for having me on this show. And I feel honored to be a small part of, you know, a, a, a part of this show, Hunters, which is um i'm glad it has that kind of uh, meaning for all of you
0: absolutely you. And, and we'll we'll get you out on of course jack ryan season four is coming uh That's right. people can follow you at Louis azawa on instagram mm-hmm. um anything else you would like to check mention? out pachinko,
1: pachinko season one it's a really special show it's on apple Awesome. Um, yeah, I all think nice. you guys will enjoy that. I hope you get a chance to see it. It's a very We will. Special... We, will, we, will. we take, it right right away. We take very them very seriously.
0: seriously. So, so. Uh, um, with that, uh, you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at uh, Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram, FridayNightMovie.com dot and uh, thank you to our incredible guest Louis Ozawa. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you so much. Here we are for some bonus minutes in our episode uh, where we did the interview with Louis Azawa because we loved Hunter season two and we need to break it down a little bit further. Louis was amazing. How great was that interview?
3: That I'm, was just still so special. I'm so proud of saying
2: how deep and thoughtful that conversation was and how it, when you, After watching season two, I have all these feelings that I don't know what to do with it. And what a privilege to get to spend 45 minutes just sitting and talking with him about it and processing (laughs) that show with him. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Now, season two, totally so different than season one. Season two for the first six episodes is like a spy thriller. It actually, it's funny, Louis was in The Bourne Legacy. It feels like a Bourne movie on a certain level. Right, and
3: I I understand that season one is a little bit graphic, and I could see why people might be turned off by it if you're not, like, able to kind of past that to get to the whole story but i would even recommend somebody like reading a recap of season one and if they don't want to see something a little bit more intense and and fantastical because it's like it's not as based in i feel like as realism as the second season and then watch the second season it's more stylized thank you and watch the second season as this spy thriller here's my other here's my other fantastic
0: here's my other theory as to why well first of all there's an amazing interview in the hollywood reporter with david whale the while the writer, the the writer and creator. Um, And he was talking about how that wasn't as necessary for this season's story. But here's my other theory. The second season, the first season is fantastical and they need to show you it's fantastical because a lot of people debated, Oh, whether or not it's real history or not. That show is not real history. It's a fantastical show. And they put things in it that make you feel like it's fantastical from the beginning. This season they are hunting Hitler and Hitler goes on trial. You don't need other fantastical things right, to go along with that. Good. It would yeah. be like over the top. Instead, I feel like they invested in I mean that portrayal Udo Kreil's portrayal of Hitler is so terrifyingly real. Right? It's not he, he he was in Iron Sky, the movie the Nazis on the Moon movie, right? <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, And he was recently in Bumper in Berlin, Pitch Perfect 2. He's like the (laughs) evil father in that one, like this crazy artist, you know, over the top artist character, German artist character. He's a very funny actor. But like, I swear, if you told me this is what Hitler was like when he was an old, pathetic evil yeah, man and
3: I, and I think that like they they do a great job of showing how he would still be so horrible like to the people mm-hmm. around him like he would clearly be a horrible person and capable of horrible things and it goes on the theme of how evil doesn't die like yeah. evil doesn't just dissipate as he got old and crotchety he wouldn't just be like oh whatever the Jews are fine Like he, and also like, killing him doesn't
2: killing him doesn't stamp it out
3: well no.
2: it's And 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 showing the movement behind him and his disciples and the idea of people wanting to take power, you know that speaks volumes on what is going on today. It's it.
0: This season, whereas the other season was very like Tarantino esque,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah. We like compared it to Kill Bill,
0: alternative history kind of thing. Yeah. This one was much more straightforward. A very clear lesson about the dilemmas of today as told through a fantastical story about what would happen if Hitler had been alive? What would happen if he went on trial? What happened to the people who had to chase him?
3: And I like in season two how they leaned in, like, if someone doesn't watch season one, well, you get so much more about the main characters in season two. Like, mm-hmm. Al Pacino's character takes up a lot of space in season one, and that makes sense. But now for season two, you get a lot of really interesting flashbacks with yeah. him. But it's but it's the other cast members who've carried, like, the season forward, who we get backstory on, and their relationships, and their, their right and wrong, their black and white decisions, and... <laughs> I think that's just really interesting.
0: It does a little bit of a Godfather part two thing where it shows you the rise of his character. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is, which is really interesting because it also explains, right. There's a very big reveal at the end of season one that is like bananas. And, um, it makes it all make a little bit more sense as to who mm-hmm. is who his and, character and his, is and what is motivation and what, motivation. Is, and right? what his is, motivation is basically just covering his ass
3: right his motivation yeah. is never what you're led to believe that he was he redeemed he's he's redeemed redeemed or he tries to redeem himself yeah there is no redemption
2: was. what's the opposite of a redemption arc yeah. That's what it is. And
0: he has a and, evil arc. And, and what it <laughs> yeah. also does is the that it, cal- evil. Is it, it clarifies this whole debate over, over him trying to justify the brutal things that he did. Because in the end, they choose, right? You're seeing them a year later scarred by this experience of, of hunting and trying to find absolution, right? Like Millie's character is trying to find yeah. her absolution. And how does she find her absolution when Hitler goes on trial? right mm-hmm. not when she murders him in cold blood um well, the or other least, Nazi. even though the other she doesn't Nazi. believe yeah. she has absolution right she she doesn't but and i saw the, i saw an interview yeah. with tiffany boone, boone. and, and yeah. um and Which is so nice Rocky. that
3: louie talked about her on the yeah. show cuz yeah. mm-hmm. uh, she does
0: seem like a super amazing person and she is a great actress and she and she had mentioned in this interview i think it's an interview she did with louie they were doing together that in an earlier version of the season one script, they showed Meyer recruiting all of them. So I feel like in a certain way, the right. way like the Godfather part two takes parts of the book and gives you the backstory. This one gives you where each of them came from. Wh- right, that gets cut doing. from season
3: one, but then it's it, it's in in season two, you get to have that.
0: Yeah. Um, um, okay, let's talk about episode seven, The Home.
2: Oh my okay. God, that, that in and of itself could just be...
3: A film, I mean, it's an an hour, it's it's an hour long. That is basically a
0: movie, it's a feature. I I mean, you should people give it a few more minutes, and it's a feature. You
3: don't have to watch
2: any of the rest of the show to see that one episode and get a phenomenal, powerful, mind blowing, artistic, you know. Although, I do recommend episodes six and seven
3: and eight if you're not going to watch the whole show as a group, yeah,
2: as a group, but but seven is. It's wild. Um, I don't how do we want to even talk about
0: well, it? Well, I'll just say this it is told as a folk tale, and it kicks off with these two old German uh that have a massive picture of Hitler in their living room. Living, Nazi. And they living and in the seem sh-
2: insane. Right. And they seem absolutely insane. Like they talk to themselves, they they just seem crazy, is yeah. the only way to create it.
0: And they live in the shadow of a concentration camp, where you and it starts with the ashes falling on this beautiful, ideal summer day house in the yeah. countryside, and it adorned is adorned
3: with flowers and plants. It has a living uh, roof. Yes, yeah. like just it, it, just the set design, the the concept art of that yeah. home is quite insane.
0: It, it's and, it's it's amazing. It's unlike anything, and something I like about hunters in general is that it always is breaking form. It didn't, right? The first season is done in a certain way. The second season is done completely different. Then it shoots off to do this, this incredible capsule episode. episode. But the capsule episode, I think, like what I'll, what I'll say, and this is a spoiler alert here, is that the capsule episode brings you to, Jonah is making this choice as to whether or not to kill Hitler. honor his aunt and his mother and his grandmother's memory right and what the capsule episode helps you understand is where the mercy and the not murdering like comes in and and how someone else from that group with the mother the other survivors would interpret and appreciate what he's what he's doing right because at that point he's alone he doesn't have any family he doesn't know how they would react to his decision to not kill hitler right and
3: i think it just it 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 helps
0: lead you to understand it gives you some backstory and understanding in that moment of whether or not he gets and also
3: the very sad truth that doing the right thing often is bad for you like it comes back or it's, you know, you might be the right thing, but it might not result in good things that happen. Like when in that same episode, the little boy tries to save the other little boy. And right. it, like, there's a, there's a ricochet effect. Just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean good things will happen. But you live with doing the right thing. And that's a very deep and difficult concept, especially when it's put up against like
0: people really hiding in the wall. And, and, and the Holocaust. The, the Holocaust, unfortunately, brings that in such a stark contrast. Well, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Hunters season I think, yeah, 100% two was hundred percent recommend. I highly, highly recommend it. Highly.
2: Even if you haven't seen season one, you you'll be able to follow it well enough. I you know I would recommend re- seeing season one as well. I had a written. harder time watching season one. Um, just it's you know it's pretty graphic. It's more graphic, yeah. It, and dark but season two like i said a great uh, more of a thriller but with these really intense themes in it
0: yeah and yeah. an amazing ensemble and again Cast huge out thank of you louie azawa who is incredible as joe
3: so eloquent and so and kind man. and generous in his um and highly very, recommend,
0: highly I recommend, recommend. everything Louis he's
3: in.
2: Everything he Ryan in season
0: four watch Predators to see And Pachinko
2: on
3: predator. Apple
0: Plus. Yeah. yeah,
2: we're gonna watch that and a start that tonight. Yeah.
3: But,
0: um well uh um, I guess we did the follows already but where can people no, follow we did
3: me? we did your follow we didn't do ours. Where can so people follow you? You can follow me and Becky at FNM sisters
0: on Instagram. And uh Be- anything to say for yourself, Becky?
2: No, but it's so kind of you to ask you can follow me there too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. You can follow me at Pancake at the number four table Friday night movie at friday night movie on twitter and instagram Fridaynightmovie.com notice our, our old web address friday movie still works but fridaynightmovie.com night just everything's friday night movie now uh the theme song is by what does it eat love you both lily and becky it's a lot of fun Bye. Bye.